Hey, welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. Hope y'all are having a great day. Uh, I'm your host, Craig Henson, and I'm joined today by lead pastor, Eddie Cox. Hello, hello. Executive pastor, Brian Cox. Hello. And family ministry student pastor, Jason Callahan. What's up? What's up? How are you guys doing today? Everybody doing good? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. So far, so good. All good. I'm a little stretched. Uh, We got a youth trip this weekend, and so, uh, but it feels good because we're finally getting to go. Excellent. Yeah. It was supposed to be in the summer. Postponed, right? Yeah, but this is the one. So, this weekend. Even COVID-19 cannot stop camp. No. (laughs) As of right now. (laughs) As of right now. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's been been great. And uh, sign-ups are good, and... We are um, we're going to the beach, and so it's it's going to be good. I'm proclaiming that. Excellent. There's a lot going on here at Marathon, and uh, I would encourage you guys to get our app if you don't have it already. Uh, it's the best way to keep up with everything going on here at Marathon, and uh, also the best way to share content with your friend or loved one. And so get the app, and uh, you can sign up there like for life groups. Life groups are about to crank up, so you can uh, check us out there on the app and sign up there, or go to our website at marathonchurch.org. And uh, guys, we're right in the middle of this new series called Over It. And Chase, uh, you spoke in the second week, and you talked about anxiety. And there's so many things that we're over. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, Anything else like you guys thought of that you're over? Like for me, (laughs) like I'm already over pumpkin spice. Wait, already? Because they they started in August with it. (laughs) They started in August. I I mean, I expect to go in the grocery Uh, store tonight and hear Christmas carols. I know. Well, that's okay. Are you not over? Christmas? No, it's not. <laughs> what? Chase it's not okay. Christmas. You're not over Christmas, are you? I mean, we had. I mean, really? No, this I'm is, not. Okay, but I don't want Christmas to start till after Halloween. Well, oh, okay. Well, I told you, Christmas. I watch Christmas movies on Halloween. That gives me anxiety. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know how to give my family anxiety. For some reason, <laughs> I'm, I always whistle Christmas music. You know this, Chase. Yep. And I think she is so over it. I, I know. <laughs> She's like, there you can is. hear her down yes. the hall. Stop it! Yeah. Does it morph into Andy Griffith at some point? Or oh, that's good. Yeah, that's real good. That's I like. Good. I like that. So Chase, where did your tree grow go up? I know we're not leaning out in anything. Right, right. Where does it go um, up? It goes up. Typically, maybe two weeks before Thanksgiving. Oh, really? really? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. like we really go. We don't do outdoor decorations until. After, like the day after Thanksgiving, but then the inside. I have five Christmas trees in my house, and so whoa, yeah. Well, you just like you know. And, now, I've been yeah. to your house. Where do you put all my. five of those? <laughs> well, I don't live in a tiny house. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's. it's, it's a, I mean, it's not a small house. Well, they're only, they're like, only three inches high, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're toy trees. You know? Every every like all all three of my kids have trees we have oh, in one their in, rooms yeah okay. and then one yeah. in the front room and the one in the main living room now eddie's got you beat i know he does oh yes. yeah I, because I was he just lays waiting. his tree up year round i love my tree oh, i took it down this year <laughs> oh did he? it well, got old wait a minute you know i live right beside eddie so all last year i'd ride down the road and there it was, the Christmas tree. Just lit on. up. It's lit up. I would light it Clark's up. Clark's Griswold right there, baby. <laughs> oh, you still it. have your village? Snow still, village? I'm a snow village. Yeah. yeah. We start the first October because we got so much going on, you know. Absolutely. How, how many pieces in your snow village? Uh, 
probably about 150 wow. houses. That's fantastic. Somewhere in there. So that yeah. gives you anxiety? It. No, it really doesn't. I, I okay. love Christmas. Um, my wife is like, though, the tree goes up the day after Thanksgiving, That's and it comes down the day after Christmas. Ooh, like it's, no, We're I, not making it to New Year's. It's yeah. not happening. I went to um, spring break one time before I took my <laughs> Christmas tree. <laughs> and it was a real, real Christmas tree. Oh, wow. It was. It was you could have so started dry. a fire. Yes, it could have. <laughs> Ours is up through February because of snow in the snow village. Do you see oh, how those right, things work? Right, right. right. Yeah, so. No, um, but I don't know how we got onto this. I don't know, but, but anxiety. I said I was over pumpkin spice, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm over, gosh, this heat. I'm just, the humidity. I think we said it. I'm just over it. I'm ready for fall. Yeah. And Christmas, obviously. <laughs> I need, I need, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, Chase, on Sunday, you talked about the fact that we probably all know somebody that struggles with anxiety or depression or worry, or, and, and maybe we do as well. You said really nobody is immune, and you referred to these um, emotions, if you mm-hmm. will, as monsters. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, we, we started doing this series in students called Fear, and uh, I did the first half of it on Wednesday before Sunday and it was more or less uh, I started thinking through that because I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan right and uh, so I just watched the most recent Scooby-Doo named Scoob okay and that's what it's called and it had all these monsters in it and so I started going down the list of these uh, these fears so to speak of like worry anxiety and um, I thought about the whole um, uh, with you not having confidence and being uh, having failure, you know, just as simple as that with your job or your school, whatever it may be. And a lot of these, my son told me, was scary to him. And so that's how the monster thing came up was that these are monsters that um, that creep up into your everyday life without you even knowing it. And they're not like the kind of monsters that you see at your favorite haunted house. These are mm-hmm. like uh, I don't know if you guys are horror movie friends or anything. No. I'm not either. But there's like a difference between like, um, what do they call it? Like the the murder horror movies, the, you know, yeah. like Friday the 13th. Okay, that's like a, versus the more demonic, like spirit kind of right. horror movies. Okay, so those two different types of things, I, I'm more talking about the spirit. And I'm talking about more of those that are deep down, deep rooted that you don't even realize that are monsters. And that's why it's so easy for us to befriend those types of monsters, and we're trying to hug them and, and invite them into our family because we can't get rid of them. We don't know how to get rid of them. You know, we're trying to conquer them ourselves. You know, you know. I, th- I think most all of us, we they're in there. Yeah. And and we may have suppressed them. We may have pushed them down. Uh, we may have some other ways of dealing with them, but not really dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. You, go ahead. Well, I was, you know, I was thinking about the uh, m- the most common thing for pastors and things is depression and anxiety. There's no doubt about it. This is what causes people to quit and mm-hmm. to, and to drop out. Now, I'm paying attention a little bit to me. What y'all don't know, I'll tell you now. This has happened to me this weekend. <laughs> so it started Friday afternoon wow. or Friday night, and Brian knows me so well, and so I said, I just I have to recharge. Right. So that I think that's the key to figuring out, and a lot of people. You know, where the anxiety, all this leads into the wrong place. 
Right. You know, and and we all have those moments when we're down. We don't, we're not always up. Right. But if I continually, you know, a week after week, it continues to do that. You got to get help somehow. But mm-hmm. knowing how to recharge, knowing you're going there, mm-hmm. that was for me. That's what I do. I find things that I do that give me energy and recharge, and that's what I have to do. And Brian recognizes this in me when I need it, and he'll say, "Well, you might need to go do something." You know. Right. Right. That kind of thing. What yeah. did you say? Get the away first... from me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the support, yeah. Brian. <laughs> I thought that was so loving that your did brother's you that, that in tune with you. Yeah, I was <laughs> giving him a compliment. Now he's and now, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. trying to help. That's brotherly love. Yeah, I know. It is. Uh, what did you say, Eddie, in the first week? Something when you were talking about Philippians, um, you talked about how it's not about you and never give up. You remember yeah, that's that? the okay. uh, yeah. The whole thing was the New Testament. It's not about you, and you never quit. Those yeah. are the two things. Right. That the whole theme of the New Testament is not about you. Right. And you never and, quit. And so I took that, and that was in the back of my head when I referred to these monsters, is that because you do need to know, you know, well, I guess when you are trying to face them, you know, you need to realize that it's not about you. And so these yeah. monsters, they could care less about you. What they're trying to do is get you away from, from the from the Holy Spirit. They're trying to get you away from exactly your walk. And when you can realize that it's not about you, so don't give up. I think that's how you can move forward in your rejoicing. I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. But in your rejoicing um, is really what was in the back of my head because I really like what you said there. Yeah, well, I think the you know I can do all things through Christ. I said, well, <clears throat> we'll let him in on it. Right. That's where you. That's where I get in trouble. It's when I try to figure this out and try to do it using my own energy, my own all my resources that right. I have, and not calling on Him to do it. The Holy Spirit's there. Mm-hmm. Word of God's there. You know, mm-hmm. and we find ourselves getting in a dark place in the corner mm-hmm. because we haven't, and you know, we haven't used what we've been given. And that's what happens to me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I have to go. Yeah, I think you make a great point, Eddie, because at, at least you know we're kind of we were kind of already similarly and and. We never brought in the other health aspects of it. If something was wrong with your life, it was just you were backslidden. But now we mm-hmm. know that that you know resting physically, taking care of our bodies, all of these things, our spiritual condition, our emotional health, all of those things are intertwined and related. And for years, I think we tried to separate them. Yeah, I think, and it, it hurt a lot of. I mean, you know, living living that religion really did that. Mm-hmm. You know, not thinking, well, you should be strong enough to overcome this depression. You should be strong enough to overcome mm-hmm. this anxiety. Yeah. I saw, you know, you don't need this. You don't need that. You just need God. No, you really need to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You need you need to get to places that create health for you. Mm-hmm. What gives you energy? What gives you those things that you need? Right. And you have to do them. And that's why I think a lot of the pastors, you know, they quit because they don't have that. Mm-hmm. They, they never never figured it out. So that's good. Well, that's taken me years to figure that out. Because I like to work, so I'm constantly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you go home. You know how it is. You go home, and you're thinking about, you know, everything that's happening at church. What's next Sunday? What's going on? And you know, twenty years goes by, and you you like what what happened? And you look back at those moments, and you can see where you got tired. I know that about you, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're most pastors have to preach every week. Yes. If not yeah. four times a week. There isn't any room for rest, and I think I think I heard this said before. Idle time leaves opens up the world for Satan to jump in, right? Because you're tired, and that's when he's going to hit. That's when you're going to be depressed because you're tired. Mm -hmm. 
And so I learned that from you, actually, Eddie. Well, I'm glad I could help that, you with something. That right. I learned that I had to learn how to play a little bit in yeah. life, you mm-hmm. know. That's why we like golf so much. I know they all think we like it way too much, but. No, there's never too much. But I don't think so. For me, I've had to learn to disconnect because it's a balance. And we've talked about it before. But it's a spiritual thing that you rest. Because if I'm not rested, I'm I'm probably going to you know not be a good person mm-hmm. you know i'm probably mm-hmm. gonna and yell, you, yeah. yell at my kids you know i'm gonna not be so kind don't love people as much when you're no, tired no you know so, that's the number one thing with the uh i know this because i talked to some people who were in southern baptist mm-hmm. every monday all the pastors quit that's the biggest yeah. day for quitting uh, oh yeah it's wow. on monday so well, it's because you know we let the monster in because we're yeah. tired yeah we're not we're not paying attention we didn't keep it resting is part of that i think battle yeah rest and play for uh, that would be especially for guys mm-hmm. that's the two things we need you know chase you said it this way on sunday that satan will use these issues to divide us our relationships mm-hmm. and even our relationship with god and then you said when we embrace the monsters they kind of become our filter mm-hmm. and uh I think that's exactly what you guys are talking about. That right. it, and it's not just what happens to us personally; that mm-hmm. it begins to affect everyone around us. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you—if you're running everything through a worry filter, man, it's gonna—you're not gonna see the right perspective. I mean, you're—you're you're just not. You're not gonna see your spouse the same way. You know what I mean? You're gonna—that's gonna create another monster of well, you think that they're gonna leave you. You know, um, you think that about your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think the monster filter. Someone said that to me Sunday. They're like, "My whole life has been a monster filter." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, I mean, that's a huge. It's it's hard because you can't physically see that. You know what I mean? Like when you yeah. go take your car to the oil, uh, cha- you know, to change your oil, and they go, "Hey, this is what your filter looks like. <laughs> it's pretty messed up. You might want to get another one." We don't have that. You know what yeah. I mean? The only way that we have that is if we have people in our community that go, hey, are you struggling with something? Because I can tell that, you know, like what you guys just were talking about, you mm-hmm. and Eddie, Brian. I mean, yeah. just take, I a, could, take a week off. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> yes. No, I've just seen that personally. And I think that's where that came from was just that's a personal thought that it it had divided not just. It tried to divide my marriage. It tried to divide my relationship with friends and parents, and just and I saw that, and it it didn't overnight fix itself. But I realized that these monsters, I have had, I've befriended them, and I've been running all of my decisions through this monster filter, and it it changed everything about that was inside of me, and I had to get help, you know. And it's hard to get away from the monster. Sure. Once, you, once you've hugged it <laughs> yeah no you know because it gets comfortable depression mm. and worry they it's almost like you have to be that way sometimes it becomes a cycle you know that mm-hmm. you, you know what you're saying you can hear it in your in your voice sometimes you know well i'm worried about this or i'm you know and jesus t- teaches us to take captive that thought yeah. and and speak positive because our words are powerful mm-hmm and I think part for me is always remember what's coming out of my mouth reveals what's happening in my heart. That's right. 
so if I'm saying all the time, we're not going to make it. I'm so worried. What mm-hmm. we're going to do? Yeah. Brenda yeah. gets on to me about that because sometimes, you know, you just you just got to have a pity party. Right. You know, I said, just let me have my pity party just for a minute. <laughs> let me <laughs> complain. I'll worry. And then I'll get over it. And then I know better. You know, but then a lot of people can't break that cycle. No. And it becomes de- – and it just yes. eats them. Well, eats you a lot. You know? Yeah. And some, I think some people take that uh, and they're like, well, I, I'm the one bringing the reality checks. Yeah. And yeah. they and they hide behind that, you know, to worry. <laughs> I'm a realist. Let me tell you what the – Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's that, yeah. That, that's a real thing. Um, you guys were talking about um, rest and, and where – where our mind goes and it it made me think about all the people in our country in our state in the upstate who for the last five or six months now some in some cases haven't had any place to go and and they've kind of just been you know wallowing in it in all this you know and whatever their monster is they can't get away from it right now in some cases that's that's a pretty scary thing yeah you got to find something that you can recharge with uh you know you you know when I was younger and I'm not that old I'm just letting you know uh, but <laughs> when I was younger pastor, when I started <laughs> we started marathon I mean we could we would run and run and I mean seven days a week we did seven days a week preach four or five services a weekend and just go and go thinking nothing is going to happen I can keep doing this forever and then I found out I cannot because eventually I can have those thoughts I don't want to do this I don't want to be here I don't like people right. why am I why why am I working on this message? Nobody even cares. Nobody even, you know, you get this, there's that I'm monster. Yeah. Just speaking that stuff <laughs> yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't even listen to you. Why are you yeah. even there? You don't, when I get up on Sunday mornings to go preach, what, you don't even deserve this. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's that little voice. I'm like, oh, here we go. And, but you yeah. got to do that every weekend. You and, know? and I think how you respond to those things is, is key. You know, because you, it's easy to say, like I said Sunday, if you can't beat it, join it. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't get rid of it, you might as well join it and just yeah. go, you, you know, you're right. Seems easier to join. It is. You it don't is. have to really do anything. Just curl up in a ball somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm done with this. Throw your hands up and walk away. Yeah. That's right. Because, it, I mean, it'll eventually kill you. But the truth, like I said before, the monster's not after you. It's trying to defeat God and get you away from his kingdom. And so he'll let you curl up around you. He'll even carry you on your back, on the monster's back. <laughs> you know, we're on the front line, so we're the ones he's after. Yeah. I think that's what everybody needs to understand. And I think people who come into the ministry, yeah. they don't get that. Yeah. They think, we're going to reach people, we're going to change the world. Yeah, but you're going to have this monster yeah. that's going to be sitting on you, and it sits on your wife mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your kids and all that stuff is going to happen to you. And I think that's what – I think they miss that part. Right. And you try to tell people when you get into ministry, this is you're on the front line now. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening. That's what happened to you. It happens to all of us. Yeah. You're right. you're right. I mean, anybody that's at Anderson University or wherever that's thinking about going into ministry, they seriously – need to do like a full-time internship somewhere before they get into this because you you don't really know until you get in it and i actually said this to kelly our communications director last week while we were cleaning and sanitizing our building because we had covid come in the building i'm like every person studying for ministry should be with us right now yes because it's just whatever it takes you do whatever it takes and, and it is on the front line you're on the front line of it all i think you know i think what we were we discovered early day in the early days is that we didn't the job was whatever it had to be okay exactly. like whatever title you got whatever that is whatever because we're going to be still moving chairs 
and we're still going to be cleaning, and we're still going to be on seven days a week, and we're going to be a phone call away for somebody needing us. Seven days a week. That was the thing that we we had to deal with early on. Yeah. Just so you guys know, you never get over the sickness, because the very first thought I had when I woke up this morning was, who's going to set up the sound for driving on Sunday? Because <laughs> I thought everybody was going to be <laughs> at the beach. Really it's the very uh, first thought I had this morning. Yeah. It, 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 oh, it's wait, you're not? You. You're not do- <laughs> I'm not doing the sound. I'm doing everything else. Well, okay. I'm not. I'm not doing anything. My volunteer team, the parking team. Oh, that's beautiful. Hey, yeah. The volunteers, man. I woke up thinking, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking, are they going to be here, be able to hear you when you say it? That is, well, I appreciate you thinking about it. You got Brian, it. Can you listen you to it. what he's saying? I'm trying. Okay. Really All right. It's good to have him. <laughs> Take notes. All right. So, uh, Chase, you took us to First John four, mm-hmm. and you talked about how love drives out fear, and that uh, fear, you know, has been perfected yeah. in us. And and obviously, John goes on to say we love because. Christ loved us first. Talk a little bit, guys, if you will, about how love can help us with this fear thing. Oh, man, that's good. Um, I think it, for me, and I want you guys to weigh in on this, but for me, it's a, when I remember, when I realize, A, how much God loves me, it helps me clear my mind a little bit and how I respond um, and how much um, love that he gave, you know, as we read, um, if I'm reminded of that and I'm constantly, that's the filter, then I can make wiser decisions. Then I can know who the enemy is. I also talked about there's, um, the you know, it's it's good to know what is and is not from God. Because right. I, I think that Satan will try his best to make you think, hey, this is God's voice. You know what I mean? And it sounds pretty good, you know. But even the Bible talks about false prophets or the false spirit and to know what confesses Jesus' names, what confesses saying that this, Jesus is Lord. Whatever leads to that, that is God. And so God never says, I will put worry on you. I will never you know, take you down a de- into depression. So that's clearly not of God. And when I have not the monster filter, but I have God's love filter on, and that perfect love, it's not me that's going to destroy it. This is God because God's love is perfect. Then I can make wiser decisions, I think. Well, I think taking every thought captive, like you just said, yeah. let, let's <clears throat> measure this thought by what, by what the truth is and what, and what it is. Yeah. Am I hearing, you know, nobody, nobody loves you? That, does that sound like that's God? Right. You know, so those are the things I have to – I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I have to say, what am I hearing? Yep. And does this really mean, am I measured this by God, and is this really coming from Him? That's right. And I, I think this is married to what you keep reminding us of, Eddie, that that you know we have this position in Christ. Um, we are His children, uh, and we're literally going to inherit everything that Jesus Christ is, and you keep reminding us who we are in Christ. And and part of that is is remembering how much that we're loved, but in the heat of the battle, and and when that monster attacks, it's it's not always easy to remember that. You know, I, I think was it the uh, identity and position; those two things we were identified with Christ. But I think the position is what really does it. Reminding, I don't care whatever it's happening, I'm still a child of God. I'm still going to have the things that He told me I was going to have, and I have to remind myself that. I think everybody does. It, it reminds me of Job. You know, when when the devil comes to God and says, "This guy Job, I think he's he's not all he." he appears to be 
and and basically God says you can have everything but him you right. can't have him and it's the same with us he can't have mm-hmm. us um, but if he can do anything you know to get us defeated he's going to do that All right I wouldn't want to be Joe, by the way. No, no, I'm no. Not, I'm, I'm I don't feel that. It's hard for me no. to talk about him. <laughs> you know, it's one you don't want to preach. It's good, but you feel like, oh, I don't know if I want to relate to that. And the disciples, everybody said, I want to be a disciple of Christ. Not back then. Right. No, right. Yeah. that was tough. That was tough, you know. But that, that's, but they made it. Well, here we are. Yeah. I mean, sure. I'm I'm so soft. I wouldn't have made it in the first century under any circumstances. <laughs> I'm when I I'm I'm working on my message about complaining already. I'm actually talking about that a little bit, but I mean, I'm just wait. I'm soft, man. I I'm all about 21st century America. Running water, electricity, <laughs> hot meals. I'm yeah. I, I'm with you on that. We don't not, have it too bad. Do yeah, we? we got it pretty good. Um, <laughs> hey, Chase. At, yeah. At the end Sunday, you you took us to this great example of Paul and Silas. Yeah. And you talked about the role that, that praise and worship, that rejoicing plays in overcoming these monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that story is one of my favorites. We do a, in the kids' ministry, we do a, like a sound effect story with it, and it's hilarious, and I love it. And, but it's a prime example of those guys were in prison. They were um, at the end, in their heads, they were at the end of their, their lives, or it could be at the end of their lives. And, and they were talking, and in my head, I, I'm like, I can see them reminiscing on the things that God did, because they're remembering who God was, and he, they're not. It's not that they're not scared, but they're they're not um, frightened by their future because they know who God can be, because of who He was, and so they just start rejoicing, rejoicing in that fact. And all of a sudden, God turns everything around, sends an earthquake out of nowhere, you know. And then those two dudes, they could have just took off and ran, you know. But they stayed during the hur- uh, hurricane, during the earthquake. And because there was an assignment, this is what I feel like, and this is the Pentecostal side of me coming out. There was an assignment anointed on them for that guard. And so then you 100%. find that the, the guard... It was part of their assignment to to lead the guard to Christ, and then it was the guard went to the house, and the whole family ended up becoming Christ followers and being baptized, all because two guys rejoiced in the pain. Two guys rejoiced in the thought that God is good no matter what. And I love that idea, and I think when we have those monsters, maybe it's not prison, but maybe it is depression. Maybe it is. I was talking to... Uh, a friend of mine this week that literally said, okay, he, he sort of wants God to be this genie, genie you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And and I asked him, I said, okay, let's say God is a genie. What's the wish you want to be granted? And he said, death. And I was like, really? Wow. He's like, I'm at that point, man. He's like, if wow. your God is so, you know, so powerful, he would have never brought this on. And I said, okay, well, you can't have death, so what would be the solution? And he's still trying to figure that out. And so I, I'm, the reason why I'm saying that is, look, these monsters look differently, you know? And I feel like that there is um, – there's going to be a road that you're going to – it's going to be a crossroads that you're going to have to just say, no, it's not about me and I'm not going to give up. I don't know what that looks like, but I will 
worship and I will praise. And that don't mean that you got to be on pitch. That doesn't, that may look different, you know, but I will remember what God has done and he will bring me through. And, and you got to remember like those, the answers don't always come out the way that you want them to. And his voice doesn't always sound like your voice, you know? And if you're anything like me, sometimes I go, God, why, if you would just do this, why are you not talking to me or whatever? I realize on the back end of it, man, he's been talking this whole time. It just didn't sound the way that I wanted it to sound. And you got to get rid of pride because if you have that pride, that's another monster filter and you won't, you won't be able to hear his voice. And so Paul and Silas is a good example of, man, it's not about you. Remember who God is and fight through this. There's a, there's something getting ready to going to rattle your, your cage loose and, and you're going to have the opportunity to show how amazing God is. So be ready. I think for me in that, I was looking at the four ways we respond to fear. That's a great example. Of, they could have been afraid and ran away. Right. Mm-hmm. But they, the love was greater than the fear. That's right. And how we respond, you know, we don't know what's on the other side of that fear. What's on the other side of that, you know, is where we, we really see the, the love of God. And... I can remember many moments in my life ready to give up, ready to throw it in. And I look back now and say that was just a moment where I had to respond. How am I going to respond to the negativity, to the whatever's happening to me? Am I going to worry, you know, or am I going to just how, respond? Am I, I, I wish you would go over these, the runner, <laughs> the screamer, the fighter, the freezer. Um, I think I've been all of those. I think we have oh, all. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was totally me. Yeah. It still is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like to think I'm a tough guy, you know, so I think I'm the fighter, but I'm really probably the freezer. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm not uh, near as tough as I, you know, once I was. I keep you know. picturing Chase running around like the screamer. Oh, I've done it. I've been, you know, I've done every bit of this. I might scream, run, punt, and <laughs> but there's, if anything, I'm not. I don't think I'm the freezer. I mean, there might be a time. You're gonna do something. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do something. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. Yeah. The, I don't. I don't stay there long. I think I, re- yeah, I react. Yeah, it might be right or wrong. We're moving. <laughs> yeah. Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna get hit. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what. I here's what I think about this story. I think what you know when you look at the disciples in the early days. I think they're they're big picture guys. They were like living in another world, but where it was here. Mm-hmm. I think they saw. I mean, this I know Paul for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know he was always there. He was saying things. That were really not from here, and I think that's what got them. It stayed where they were. Mm-hmm. Is that it's just a bigger, the thing, the whatever's going yeah, on. It's much bigger than that. Yeah, they know it yeah. wasn't about getting away. Mm. It's that's about, that's cute. This is an opportunity for us to show God. How can mm-hmm. we do that? Casey said you know. it great. I think it was last podcast. Even um, live your life like it's going to be holy scripture. You know, because yeah. like these guys, they had no clue that it was they were going <laughs> to. They be, were actually doing that. Yeah, yeah. And so, if we could live our lives as if, if as yeah, if we're great. Holy Scripture, yeah. then it might change a perspective. You know. Yeah, our series is based on Philippians, and when he's writing this letter to the church at Philippi, he just he's just trying to encourage a church, right. which, by the way, is the on, the one and only church in Europe at that time. He's just trying to encourage them. He doesn't know it's Holy Scripture, right. but but he's living like. 
yeah. you know, he's in biblical times. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, to use that phrase. Yeah, that's great. We always had that saying, um, you know, if you were if you were going to make the scripture, uh, I mean, think about that. If they were writing about you, what would they say? <laughs> so, Idiot. Um, Idiot. Um, Idiot. I'm just going to leave now. You know, one of the things I love about that story, one of the things I love about our team is I feel like we're just all a bunch of worship leaders at heart. Yeah. And I mean that. Every worship leader loves that account in the scripture mm-hmm. about the difference that you know worship music can make, and ult- ultimately it leads to people meeting Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that I mean that's that's powerful to me that um, the fact that they chose to to sing mm-hmm. as opposed to running or freezing or whatever it, that's amazing to me. I love it. If you look through scriptures, music's a, a pretty big deal to God. And, oh, yeah. and I think that's in heaven. If you don't, if you don't like worshiping, man, you may not like heaven. <laughs> oh, you're not going to like it at all. <laughs> so, Can we all sing there? Because that's yeah, what I'm working that's it. on. That's okay, it. that's you know, it. Yeah, no yeah. auditions required. <laughs> yeah, Rick Warren loves to say that. He said, "This yeah. is a singing faith. If yeah. you don't like to sing, I don't think Christianity is for you." <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> oh yeah. man! That's all right. Good. A great job on yeah, Sunday, thanks, Chase. Man. And uh, yes. Eddie, you're going to pick up the mantle on Sunday and continue with Over It. I am. And what will I say? <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> what will I, I say? I'm over it. Okay. We'll, we'll we know, find a way. We know it'll be good. We know it'll be good. God will, God will come through. That's right. Yes, he will. Any final thoughts today, guys? I, that's it. That's it. I'm over I, this, too. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're good to go. Hey, everybody. I'm thanks done. so much for listening. A like subscribe and comment if you have question for questions for us we would love to answer your question on the podcast you can send it to info at marathonchurch.org thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next time